What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A Link to Our Past. I'm your host, John Bernardo, for the Nostalgic Podcast. Uh, if you don't know what the show is about, each week I get a new guest. We dig into their gaming origin story and uh, find out where they came from. This week, my guest is, uh, well, I've <laughs> been trying to get this guy on here for a while and we finally worked out something. You can uh, check out his new album, Extra Credit, at megaranmusic.com. Here he is, Megaran. How you doing, bud? Hey, how are you, John? Good, man. Thanks uh, for coming on. I appreciate you making the time. I know we've tried to schedule this around your hectic touring schedule, so I'm glad we finally got to uh, sit down and talk about some video games. Oh, yeah, totally. All in due time. It all worked out. Yeah, man, and you're, you've been doing great stuff. I've been following you ever since I uh, came across you through the Kind of Funny Guys and uh, got the majority of your back catalog. It's it's a big one, but, uh, and like yeah. we talked about before the show, uh, extra credit sounding great so far, man. I'm really loving it. And uh, just, yeah, congrats on all the success that you've been having lately, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It's just um, last few records and I think the last few years, I've just been trying to find a balance between like myself and all of my, I guess, selves, you know, being mm-hmm. a gamer, being a, you know, a hip hop lover, as well as, wanting to create music that's relevant and reflective of the times. So there's just so many things going on. But I think for the last two records, I feel like I've kind of felt felt a bit of a groove where I've found that happy medium. Yeah, and I think so far on this record, you definitely nailed it, man. I honestly am really impressed and it might be your best work to date. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard any of the episodes but uh, the way i start every episode is with a simple question what's the first video game you remember playing wow uh first game i remember playing is probably pac-man on the atari 2600 all right i feel like i uh got that for christmas and spent a whole lot of time on pac-man <laughs> uh like way too much time <laughs> are you uh still a pac-man gamer to this day I, I am. If I see Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man, I got to pick it up and I got to at least try. Uh, I, boy, I buy it on probably every system I own, you know, with, on the downloads or whatever. And um, yeah, I always have to play it. You know, it's like and my wife's not a like hardcore gamer, so she's mm-hmm. into the more the simpler stuff. So we always make sure we play that and like Galaga and like Burger Time and Donkey Kong, things like that. Burger Time. That's a that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite games ever. I think I think Burger Time is probably my favorite like old school game of all time. Was um was the being part of video games is that something that came into the family or is that something that you um came across yourself? How how did you get into how did Pac-Man start? Well, I think before that, um my cousin got an Intellivision and uh and he wouldn't let me play it. He just was like, this thing costs too much money. I don't want you to break it because I was really tiny. And um, and so I wanted more, you know, from video games. And I remember begging my mom for an Atari so that I could play something. And, uh, and Pac-Man was just the game that happened to come with it. So, you know, we were taught back in my day, you know, now I get to sound <laughs> like an old person. But um, in those days, you played a game until you just couldn't play it anymore. And then yeah. you got a new one. You know, it wasn't like, let me get seven games at once and try to burn through them. It was like, nope, you're going to play this one game until the next major holiday, which comes, which is my birthday. So, so yeah, it was just Pac-Man the whole time. Yeah, I know what you mean, too, because even even today, you know, I I have about three or four games on my backlog and I ended up picking up Destiny 2 today. 
wasn't needed, mm-hmm. but you, you get sucked in, you know, you want something new. We, we have this short attention where we got to always play the new thing, but yeah, you're right back then. And you try to milk everything for what it's worth. You know, let me get the high score. Let me try to unlock this. Let me try to unlock that. I never, Absolutely. I, I see where you're coming from, man. Um, so growing up, did you, did you continue to stay on the video games? Did it ever uh, leave your life or were you, did you kind of always grow at the time? So you had, you know, Atari and so forth and so forth. Oh yeah. I went from Atari to Nintendo to super Nintendo Genesis all the way up. But when I went to college, I think that was about the time that the PlayStation one and uh, 64 came out. I was under the impression, at least from my mother and because I had taken on a really heavy course load, I was like, okay, games have got to take a back seat. So I didn't bring a TV to college with me. I didn't bring games or anything. And then uh, my next door neighbor in my dorm had a Super Nintendo and we started playing a bunch of uh, like Super Mario World and F-Zero and things like that. And that was when I got uh, back into the game. And uh, later it was PlayStation and things like that. And when I saw... Final Fantasy VII, you know, I was hooked. And I think that that's probably the game that I credit for bringing me back into games. Oh, that's, that's a, and did you, I like for me, Final Fantasy VII, I remember I had to rent it and I had it in the big blockbuster case with all the discs. Did you, was it uh-huh. just, a, was it just a day one purchase for you? You saw it and you had to buy it? No, it was maybe a month later. Um, I traded in all of my old games to Funko Land <laughs> in order to buy a PlayStation 1 and that. Um, I think, I think if we had maybe it was like a 12 pack can of Sprite that had a coupon in it for like twenty five dollars off or twenty five percent off of um of a uh, Final Fantasy seven. So I was like, all right, well, this is my this is my chance. So I took that and then all of my old Genesis and Super Nintendo games to Funko Land, traded them all in. And uh, maybe it was about 60 bucks short. And I used the last uh, 60 bucks I had to buy a PlayStation just to get uh, Final Fantasy. And that was maybe two months after that come out. So that so the hype got to you and made you oh, yeah. just got sucked, sucked in. I had a friend who brought the game over to my house. He brought his PlayStation over like during like a spring break or fall break. And he's like, watch this. And then he did a summon and I was just blown away. <laughs> And uh, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I got to have this now. And uh, even back then, I didn't, I wasn't, it took me a really long time to cross over to like 32-bit, 64-bit stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I like Super Nintendo. Nothing's going to ever be better than Chrono Trigger, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then once I saw those graphics, it was that. It was during the summons that really, like, got me. It's just like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know role-playing games could could look like this. Yeah, and I think that's what got a lot of people about that, especially the summons. I remember seeing um, Bahamut for the first time, the crabbing mm-hmm. my pants because my cousin was playing it. He was way farther down the game than I was. And when I saw mm-hmm. that, I was like, what point in the game do I get that? That is intense, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely... Um, that was definitely a magical game for me too. And and I know it's a lot... So for a lot of people, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I, I feel you on that, uh, on the impact it had. Um and what so speaking of Final Fantasy VII and connecting with the uh, the Black Materia album that you have, um, what I guess at what point did you connect that you wanted to make music out of what you love about video games? Like you wanted to connect those two passions together. Well, it's so funny that I had both of them at my fingertips and didn't think to put them together until maybe years later, like 
decades almost, you know, for as long as I can remember, my two favorite things were hip hop and video games. But uh, it took, I think, um, I guess it was PlayStation One. They they brought out a, a game called MTV Music Generator. Oh yeah. And with that, I was I was learning how to make beats. So that was the first time that games and hip hop came together for me, using a, a a PlayStation game and a PlayStation controller to make hip hop beats. And uh, and it didn't really hit me back then either. But I was working at uh, EB Games at the time, and I used to sample because we would sell the soundtracks there. So we would sell Final Fantasy. We would sell Resident Evil, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I would take those home and then sample them and make hip hop beats out of Resident Evil, PlayStation stuff or, um, you know, Final Fantasy and things like that. And and even then, it really didn't hit me that like, hey, why don't I tell the story of this game? It was just like, let me just make a great beat that no one will necessarily know is from a game, you know. And uh, and then from then on, I think it took maybe another five years or so of me making hip hop and uh, and kind of becoming a little disenchanted with hip hop, you know, just getting a little bored with doing the same thing over and over again, where I sat hip hop down for about a year and stopped writing, stopped making beats and started playing video games again. And that was when it all came back to me. It's like, wow, this could actually make a really great beat. So that's when I started using the samples as well as within the songs talking about the uh the actual games it, it's funny that it does come from mtv music generator because i remember that game pretty fondly too i remember making some great music with that that's kind of how i got into music a little bit too and then it kind of slowly evolved into these did you did you ever i know we're getting off topic of video games but there was uh, this uh sort of loop program and it came with a turntable it was think of dj hero but more for creating music Uh, not ringing a bell i don't know if i've seen that what was it called you remember it's it's not tipping my tongue but it was there was i remember there was one when i worked at the store we had one called hip-hop ej um it wasn't wasn't that one it wasn't that one but i did use ej afterwards and that one that's another one and that led me into reason and then it just continued to propel from there me too that's kind of the same path i took i went straight to reason after that and um, I found a friend who was willing to share with me all of his uh, his cracked discs. And uh, and I was able to start making music that way. So the first Mega Ran album in 2007, the beats are all made on Reason and uh, sampling Nintendo stuff from uh, emulators because I finally I first discovered emulators at that point. That's um, oh, that's great, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to go on. That's why I was kind of thrown off. Um, oh, okay. No, it's, it's okay. Uh, so with, with Final Fantasy, I wanted to go back a bit. With Final Fantasy VII, is there a, a moment in that game that made you realize, um, like, was it the story that really grabbed you the most? Or was there something else that made you kind well, of connect like with that? A, I feel like it was a combination of story and music that, that drew such a connection with me. You know, now I, I can relate times where the certain songs hit to what was happening during the story so now they're like one in the same but uh i feel like it was just a combination of great music great story uh awesome characters and uh you know just from like from like Aerith dying i think was probably a moment where i was like oh shoot it's getting real you yeah. know i was able to feel emotions from a video game that i never felt before you know so that that was the first time you actually felt something for a video game Oh, totally. What um, 
was was that would would you say PlayStation One would be the defining era for you, or would it be back to Super Nintendo? I still give it to Super Nintendo because if I had given Final Fantasy Six the its proper playtime, I feel <laughs> like I may have felt the same thing because I didn't play Six until way later in life, mm-hmm. like five six years ago. So, oh, yeah. so uh, I really feel like if I had played that all the way through, I might have still gotten those same feelings and emotions. Um, so I, I still feel like Super Nintendo is the most is the definitely the defining system in my life. Is there uh, something on Super Nintendo that defines that console era for you? Man, there's so much. I mean, Turtles in Time. Yeah. Um, you know, Super Mario World, uh, Yoshi's Island. Um, man, there was so much good stuff. Uh, you know, Chrono Trigger. Um, man, there was, and then there are games that just like weren't even that good, but just like really <laughs> like you know, just had cool moments in my life because I rented them and things like Mega Man X, of course, which is a great game. But then there's stuff like Super Adventure Island, you know, uh, that just had really great music that stuck in my head. Uh, Out of This World, uh, another good game. Uh, so there, were, I think there was just more to me, more defining moments as a gamer where I was just like completely blown away. PlayStation 1 had, to me, Final Fantasy 7 and, you know, there was a few others, of course, but Nothing hit me like Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation did. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, you uh, you went back, and I wanted to get to this question eventually, and you already kind of triggered me in there. Mega Man, where did that all come from? Because obviously, maybe you just named your moniker after him because it just went so well, but where did the love for Mega Man come from? Uh, well, on the NES, uh, I have to go way back to uh, Nintendo Power Magazine for planting that seed with me. I think it was like maybe the second or third issue. They had a Mega Man 2 spread. And uh, and I remember reading it and just looking at the graphics, the colors were so great. And everything was just so vibrant and beautiful. And uh, and it made me want that game so bad. But this game was 50 bucks. <laughs> and my mother, my mother wasn't going to get that. So what she did get me was Mega Man 1, which was 20 bucks. And it uh, wasn't the same. Not as big and colorful and bright. Uh, super difficult. Uh, a crazy challenge. The music was good, but not as outstanding as as two. And um, and I was stuck with that game. Like as as I said, you know, I had to beat it, so I had to stay with this game. And my birthday's in September, so getting a game in December meant nine months of playing the game. And that's what I had to do with Mega Man One. And uh, and me then one day we rented Mega Man Two, and I just remember being so blown away by it, the the colors and the the music and. And just being hooked. And from then on, you know, I had to get every Mega Man game. I couldn't even afford them back then. So I would just rent them all the time because they were so expensive. And uh, but yeah, like I think just just the music and the gameplay, especially three, I think adding the slide in and things like that were was, I think, where the series got to me perfection. And uh, I love the challenge of it. And I just love the, the music and, you know, and just gameplay innovations and not knowing what the what the different weapons were going to do until you got them and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So uh, that's where Mega Man came from for me. And that just never really went away. Mm-hmm. Would that be, would you say that that's kind of a top of, I guess, franchises for you that will always have a close place in your heart? Oh, definitely. It's in my name at this point. <laughs> so uh, I can't escape it. No, but, um, you got to bleed it now. Yeah. But no, honestly, I do believe that I feel like the Mega Man games are so important to my to my upbringing. I still play them 
as much as I can. I'm playing the uh, Legacy Collection right now. You know, I still to this day have not beaten a single Mega Man game. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I've, I, I just, I guess I'm not. I, the problem is, I know there's a certain way you have to play them, and the platforming for me, it's, it's a great game. I love the game. I just can't beat it. Maybe one day yeah, I will. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. They're super hard. Uh, right now I'm playing Mega Man Nine. I get I get to Wily stage and I just die every time, and it's really frustrating. So I can understand that. Um, I had uh, somebody ask a question on one of with one of our previous guests, and it's something I really enjoy doing. So I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna switch it to added Mega Man in there. He, you, you hear of the usual, you know, Mary fuck kill that people do in scenarios someone did something for video games and they called it mary boff kill i don't know what boff mm. i don't know what boff stands for but what he says <laughs> boff means series the series has a le- one more game and then it ends so in this scenario mary equals series continues boff is series has one last game and then it ends and then kill the series dies now um mm. what what he gave me before was zelda mario and metroid I'm going to cut out Metroid, and I'm going to give you Zelda, Mario, and Mega Man. Wow. Um, okay, well, this might be controversial, but... Uh, Bring it on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd say I got to marry Mega Man, only because it's been so long since mm-hmm. they've done it correctly. Um, I figured that. Uh, I would... Ooh, gosh, this is where it gets tough. Yeah. I was, I was so sure I was going to say kill Mario, but no... I think um, I think you kill Zelda because Breath of the Wild is like darn near perfection. Yeah. And uh, I really don't know if anything could top that. So I would be okay if that was the last one. And uh, and so Mario, I would want one more just to just to let people, you know, the next gens know that Mario can can create that new classic and uh, and then have that series end. You know, that's what I expected. But I like to throw that question out there because you never know the kind of curveball you're gonna get from somebody you know yeah yeah absolutely before i (laughs) dived into that i actually wanted to bring up when we were talking about mega man where do you lie on mega man legends because that was one that i played when i was younger um that was probably the only mega man i could actually progress through but mainly because it wasn't a traditional mega man where does that lie (laughs) with a super fan such as yourself well, it's I was a little late to that, honestly. Um, I'm currently streaming Mega Man Legends right now. Like, uh, so I play it about maybe an hour a day uh, when I go online for my streams. So for the first time, because I've never played it back in the day. Oh, okay. So I, you know, I just missed it. I don't know how, but um, honestly, I felt like it just looked different, and I think I was just a kid that was afraid of something that didn't look the same. As what I was used to. So I was like, oh, Mega Man in 3D? No way. This isn't going to work. And I just never gave it a chance. But um, I I do like it a lot. So oh, okay. I think I, I enjoy it. I didn't think I would like it. But, you know, it seems a little glitchy and a little, a little weird. But I'm getting into it. I don't know if I like it as much as the classic or X. Yeah. But... But it's it's a it's worthy to to be among the franchise. Final Mega Man question: Which is your standout out of all of them? There's no limit on; doesn't have to be a numbered. It can be one of the advanced games or one of the DS games. It could be anything. Well, you know, I'm gonna go with a uh, late one to this party is Mega Man Six. I think is might be one of my favorites because. They added a lot of cool innovations, and it was so late in the NES's life, so they did some cool things with it that I didn't know mm. 
the NES could do. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, you know, you had a jetpack and a lot of cool stuff that like should have been maybe in earlier games where you just maybe didn't know they could. But um, I enjoyed Mega Man 6 a lot. It was very challenging. Uh, I had just played it on 3DS like way late. There's another game that was 50 or 60 bucks when it came out and it was just really hard to find. But uh, Mega Man 6, I think, is my favorite. All right. Um, you you mentioned that the system did things that you thin, didn't think it could do before, which wanted, was kind of segued into my next question. Um, if there was like an old game mechanic that you could bring back into the forefront, um, into, I guess, new generation games, something something that you don't see anymore, what would it be? Uh, well, I would like to see someone perfect the uh, the technology that created the VMU that was on the Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was it wasn't a perfect system, but I thought it was extremely innovative. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think being able to take a take this thing out and then go about your way and then play a game within that that could power you up when you put it back into the system, I think was a really cool idea. And uh, I would like to see something like that. No, you're totally right. I mean, when I, with my Dreamcast, unfortunately, my VMU was kind of busted from the get-go, so I never really got a full opportunity with it. But I remember, I remember all the talking about it. I remember the videos and everything about it, and it definitely seemed like it had potential. I mean, if they can turn that into, you know, I mean, we have Switch now. Obviously, it's a completely different ball game. But if they can do something like Switch, I'm sure they can take a VMU and give you something of equivalent of what you can do on your smartphone nowadays. Um, oh so yeah. Yeah, that'd definitely be cool. I'd love to see how that would turn out. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say out of what, what would be one of those video games from your past that haunts you because it's so horrible uh, that you would recommend to everyone to stay away from? So, like, if you had to go back in time and tell yourself, "Don't play this game," what would that be? Oh man, that is a tough one. Uh, I think. I was going to say originally, I thought you were saying like a game that was just so difficult and so frustrating. I would say Ghouls and Ghosts because oh, yeah. people should stay away from that because it's so hard. Um, but people hold that I, so dear to their hearts. Some some people, they actually love the crap out of that game. People do. I think they're just caught in the hype of it. And yeah. then they sit down and play it and they're like, oh, God, this is no fun. But um, there's a really bad game that had a special place in my heart when I was young, but it's just not good. Um, on the NES is a game called Athena. And uh, it was brought out by SNK, and uh, you're, you're like the Athena is the goddess of wisdom, but you're for some reason you use a hammer in this game, and you use a hammer to break bricks, and and you get hearts, and it's a really stupid game. It doesn't make any sense. The music's annoying. Uh, it controls are terrible. And uh, again, it was one of those bargain bin games that my mother got me early on in the system's life. And uh, and I can see why it's just not good. And no one ever talks about it for a good reason. So I would say everyone should stay away from it. Is is there a game that you remember kind of a similar question, but that you remember um, fondly that hasn't really aged well, but it's not that it's a bad game to stay away from. But at the time, you know, you thought it was a great game. If you if the new if Mega Ran from now were to go back and play that game, he wouldn't have liked it as much. But young Mega Ran loved the crap out of that game. Mm. Well, uh, that's another tough one. I think um, Tecmo NBA basketball. Is you made a one basketball game like too. That. Yeah, it oh. wasn't very popular, but <laughs> it was fun. And now, I mean, it just looks and plays terribly. But you know, back then, I thought it was so fun. It's like 
it's almost like double dribble style, you know, the same kind of, uh, you know, court vision view and like close ups on dunks. And then if you shot a three pointer, that was perfect. You would get a, a like a cinema scene on the three mm-hmm. and it would go in and uh, things like that. So uh, I loved it because I was a basketball fan, but I would not I would not enjoy it today. I'm sure of it. That's a great question because I actually there's a great question I got in my mind because I just finished playing NBA the new 2K18 the prologue. How do you feel about where basketball games were back with Tecmo to where they are now? How do you feel about the control scheme and and how they handle now? Uh, I love the 2K games. I've been playing them since the very first one on Dreamcast, uh, and they just keep getting better and better. Uh, I feel like right when I think there's not much more they can do, like graphically, mm-hmm. then they just step it up a whole another level, and it just looks like photorealistic, which is a little scary sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sometimes I looked at the side-by-sides, and I'm like, whoa, this is just too much. But, honestly, I feel like there's maybe a little bit too many controls in games like that. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to... I just want to enjoy playing basketball and, you know, and sometimes I I feel like programmers are just so determined to use every button on a game pad. And so therefore every button does something. And it's like LeBron James on an average, you know, uh, possession on the court is not doing 16 different things within, you know, trying to get the ball into the basket. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm going to drive, I'm going to dribble, I'm going to set a screen, I'm going to set a pick, I'm going to p- change a play. I'm going to, you know, there's just all these different buttons for European, Euro hop, and all these things are just so frustrating. So uh, I enjoy playing the game, but, you know, I just don't necessarily look into trying to create uh, or make use of all the different things. that I probably haven't done it in the last five 2K games. You know, like fully learned all of the tricks that they put into those games. Yeah, it's like just give us an NBA Street Volume Two and just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to do that. But you know, they tried that on the Switch with NBA Playgrounds, and that's not very good. No, no, yeah. it's not. I was hoping <laughs> to get into that. <laughs> I was hoping it would be very good, and it was not. So, um, but they've changed some things later. But when it started off, it was really bad. But they they pull it. They've uh, patched a few uh, holes. So it's a little better. Uh, yeah. Well, my problem with it is that I feel like it's too real. I'm not like, trying to shoot with the stick, and I just want to shoot with circle. That's all I want to do. Right. I want to press a button. He shoots the ball. I went to go run to the three-point line. I tried to press a bunch of buttons. Like, how, do, how the hell do I shoot this ball? Yeah, it can be a little too complicated. And then you got to time it exactly. Like, every single player has a different shooting form, and it's awesome for them to have captured every player's form. Mm-hmm. But – me as the player, I should not have to pay the penalty yeah. because I don't know that the 12th guy on my bench holds the button a little longer to shoot than Steph Curry does. You know, it's yeah. not fair. Well, no, it's yeah. It's like you're supposed to press a button and the game is supposed to recognize that button and do everything for you. That's what you want in a yeah. sports game. It's like make the guy do what you want him to do. <laughs> right. What would be so sometimes it's too much control. Yeah, That's exactly. It's, well, but it, like for example, I'm not too sure if you've ever played any of the hockey games, but in the hockey games, they've mm-hmm. they've added the the stick control years ago. In that sense, it works because you can you're controlling the stick exactly the way you want. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's going to work in every game, though. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. you're not moving the ball exactly with the stick. So, <laughs> what, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Um, was is there finally final out on um, sports games? Was there I guess, is there the perfect sports game to you? I know you said NBA has gotten better. I'm sure you play other sports games too. Is there one for you 
that kind of stands out as this was uh, this sport at its best? Uh, I would say Tecmo Super Bowl, honestly. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, and I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I just felt like they they captured fun plus you know a little bit of realism in its best way possible for for a game to to be. But um, but I will agree that the NBA Jam games are also perfection. Um, mm-hmm. They're always fun. You can pick up and play anytime. Anytime I see a jam cabinet, I have to play. You know, so uh, so yeah. There's a few times where they get it absolutely perfect. And um, I thought NFL what was the last NFL 2K. I think 13 was it. Maybe uh, I feel like that one was pretty close to perfect too. Yeah, when the 2K games came out for Dreamcast, I remember them being. EA, you better watch out because these, I remember NFL 2K, NBA 2K, like they're very original ones, looking Mm -hmm. amazing. They played amazing. And then eventually they kind of teetered off and then 2K became the lesser and then EA rose again. And now it's back to, I feel like 2K is kind of, 2K has basketball and they don't really have football, but they, they had, uh, they have basketball. I mean, now live is coming back, but it's not nowhere near as what 2K has accomplished. Right. Um, is uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with one more question. Is right. is there um, well, is there has there ever been a console um, for that you've seen coming up, growing up, that you've always wanted to try but never had a chance? You mentioned that you played a lot of systems. Was there that? Was there always one that you never got around to? Oh yeah, there's ones. There's a few that got away from me that I just never could get my hands on, or maybe I just completely missed them. Uh. The Sega Saturn is one. Okay. Um, I've Nights. never played Saturn. Uh, I love Knights, though, you know, um, but I haven't got a chance to really sit down with a Saturn like controller and enjoy it. Um, the Atari Jaguar is another one I never played. Uh, Neo Geo, never played that. Um, and, uh, and that's really it. But I think the Saturn is the one that like I wish... I was around, but that was like my college years again, where, mm-hmm. you know, it was like no games. I got to, you know, you got to do this. You got to pass school. There's no, this not, life's not a game, son, you know? And uh, so I'd missed out on the, the Saturn and I was upset because one of my favorite all, all time arcade games is on there. Daytona USA. I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> so that missing that and missing, uh, I think virtual fighter uh, and, and Knights. You know, were were games that like I really wanted to enjoy at the time. Yeah. Do you ever do you do you ever think that you're gonna go back? Like I'm on eBay right now, seeing how much they run for. Surprisingly, not that cheap um, to get some of these online. But do you ever yeah. see yourself kind of going back to maybe reliving uh, what you never got to live? Yeah, I would like to. When I get a bigger place, right now my office is stuffed with things and game systems and you know and toys and collectibles and i don't have the space right now Mm -hmm. but uh i would love to go back that's one that i will go back and get and neo geo as well that was one of those things that like you were like the envy of the world if you could get a a neo geo like that was the the holy grail when i was young i remember the the eb next near me when i was young had one neo geo and they just knew no one was going to buy it so they put the box way up high and uh and actually had the system inside of it and i remember one time an elderly lady came and bought it and they had to take the box down like they had to get up on a ladder take the box down blow the dust off of it because no one had ever bought it and then sell it to this lady and i was like oh my gosh that kid is probably the luckiest kid in the world 
<laughs> so I think at some point I'm going to get a hold of a Neo Geo. That that's so that's on your uh, your bucket list for games. Neo Geo, absolutely. Then Saturn, then J- Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I could probably pass on Jaguar, but <laughs> but but definitely Neo Geo and Saturn. It's funny that you mentioned Jaguar because I only had a very small exposure to Jaguar. I remember reading um, a magazine. I don't remember which one it was. Maybe Game Pro or EGM, and they showed a screenshot of Jaguar, and it looked like a cinematic. It, it looked like, I guess, like an actual movie. And I, at that time, I thought that's what the, all the games look like. Did you did you ever play one? Did you ever see anything in action? I've never actually seen no, the games I, in I action. I just remember the controller looking like a, I don't know, it was like a spaceship pad and uh, with all these buttons on it. And you would like, I think you would slide. Maybe I'm thinking, I think that was the Jaguar. You would yeah, like slide right, in a... You'd slide in like a little plastic sheet that it had in the controls for which whatever game you're about to play. And uh, and it would just show you the games like controls and basics. And uh, man, it was uh, it just seems so complicated. But my my uh, neighbor on my block had one, but he didn't have any games. And I don't know how he got a hold of it. But he had it in his closet and he would just show it to us, but we couldn't play it because he didn't have any games. Must have been one of those. It must have been like the same thing with the Neo Geo. You know, you had it. You were the, the hot kid on the block, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but you would think it would at least come with something, but he didn't have any games with it. That yeah, was a weird time. Uh, well, thanks again, man, for coming on. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, taking a break from Destiny to, to come on <laughs> and uh, uh, do that. Um, I already plugged your new album, so we, we think we can get that at your website. Um, you mentioned you stream. Where can they catch your streams at? Oh, you can get my streams at twitch.tv slash mega underscore ran. Or occasionally I do them on YouTube as well, which would be youtube.com slash Megaran. Perfect. Yeah, everybody, I recommend you checking that out. Definitely check out all of Megaran's music. Like I said, I'm a big fan of them. Um, try to get as much of the discography as you can. Maybe <laughs> pick and choose what works for you. I, um, you could just, like I said, you before the beginning of the episode, you can go to megaranmusic.com. Um, you have it all on Bandcamp as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. That's the, probably the best place to find it all is yeah. on Bandcamp. That's what I did. I listened to, I'm like, this is the one I want. The first one I had to check out was Black Materia. That was, that's when I fell in love. I'm like, this is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of A Link to Our Past. You know where to find me at John S. Bernardo on Twitter. Um, you can find the podcast on all podcast services. Check out the blog at pardonthegamer.com for reviews and op-ed pieces. And until then, take care, everybody.